And we are back. Uh, we're going to dive right into it. Um, we've got a first-time podcast guest on today, uh, Joe Grabar's lifelong Jets fan. And I don't think there would be a, a more fitting person to uncover the emotions of Jets fans uh, than Joey, uh, than Joey uh, around what happened on Monday night with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so you seem like you're in chipper mood. Like it's been four days now. Where were you when when this happened? What give us a little bit of the the background? Yeah, we were certainly set up for for excitement. And so I've been thinking about this a lot these last few days. And obviously, the internet and Instagram is going wild with uh, with memes, as evidenced by our little side thread. Uh, but I really, it's hard to characterize sort of how, how I'm feeling. And I don't know if it's just the result of just being like heartbroken so many times and just so hardened, you know, season after season and setting such a low expectation for things, or if it's just something like, you know, how, how your body responds to severe trauma. <laughs> you know like yeah. you, you break your leg and then you have this like rush of endorphins that kind of you know softens the blow so to speak so yeah it was just it was really it was really tough to watch it in the, the build-up was great I had a we had a lot going on that particular night there were fantasy implications you know I was going up against dream fighters 20 points behind I had Josh Allen going I had Brees Hall going I had the Jets defense like so there there was a lot for me to be excited about but just to see him to see him go down get up and then sit back down on the turf was just like yeah. that was the final straw for field turf that that stock is about to take a dive uh it's over for field turf that that company is in trouble now they're going you you guys see that with the uh NFLPA, I don't even know who he was, but they're like, they're ripping them all up in the next year. It's all grass now. Everything's going to be grass. They're like killing off every, because all these stadiums, like NFL teams are basically independent contractors of the NFL. They do whatever they want, but the NFL is like mandating it now. So that was it. That was, uh, it died. It died on Monday night. <laughs> I mean, there must've been, you must've felt like there were Super Bowl implications going into the season, like some expectations. Is that where you were at? I know the last few years, there's always like the off season hero team that, you know, comes out it was mine last year and and kind of you know tails off but is that how you were feeling going into the year i i was i was ca- i was cautiously optimistic i thought you know playoffs weren't weren't completely out, out of reach and for the first time i felt we didn't have a liability right yeah with with all the skilled players around him i mean i felt good about breeze um <clears throat> you know it's it, Wilson, I mean, the, these guys were just set up for just so much success, and with the defense, which yeah, obviously defense. Was, on, was on full display, you know, Monday night. I know, I know, the jury's still out in terms of was that was that more Jets defense or more about Josh Allen's play, which is why I'll I'll hang out to hear your your take on Allen here in the uh, in the later part of this call. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's funny from my end, just being friends with you for a long time and watching football together that, you know, funny is the wrong word. Sad is probably more accurate. But like looking back five, six, seven years ago and going over to your house to watch a game and just the Jets playing the Patriots was like your Super Bowl, right? If they could just win one regular season game, that was going to give you guys hope for the season. And now you're like, all right, it's playoffs or bust this year and it's over in one play. 
Oh yeah. I, it's so I was reflecting back on all those, all those games we watched. And I mean, there was a time in my Jets fandom where if the Jets lost, I could not listen to the radio. I couldn't watch ESPN. Like we, it, call, we call that a gimme. Yeah. It, ruined, <laughs> it ruined my week. I mean, I had to just turn it all off until we started getting geared up for the, for the next week. I mean, I was, I was, I was pillow punching. Like that was, that was the type of, you know, though, like to your, to your, again, you sort of earned it like with so many years of just like the worst possible breaks and outcomes, like nothing for Murphy's law, right? Like if it can, it will kind of thing. Yeah. So you definitely earned it. I think, where are we going from here now? What I've heard a bunch of rumors from Jacoby Brissett to the corpse of Carson Wentz. Zach Wilson, run the ball, play defense, grind it out, try to make the playoffs that way. And they what? still have, in my opinion, they have one of the two best okay. defenses in the league. I think um, so too. Yeah. So you could and, go that route. You could right. run, you could ground and pound, establish it, or you could go try to get somebody who can distribute a little bit because you do have all those weapons. What are you hearing and what do you want to happen? Yeah, I think I, I think it's um, I think Zach Wilson. We, we've got a, there's a really short period of time in which the Jets really need to decide: are they, they going to pick up somebody else? Are they going to truly back what Salah said this week in terms of we're behind? You know, Zach's our guy. We're behind him 100. percent And I don't know if it was the if it was the the game script on Monday night. You know, they had a they had a whole game plan built around Rodgers. Right. Right. And then Wilson comes in and I don't know, outside of maybe one pass, there was one pass that was maybe around 20 yards, but everything else was right around the line of scrimmage or, yeah. you know, within, within 20 yards. So I, I, I so I, I think they, they, we've got one more week to see if the team can really rally behind Zach Wilson, which he needs, obviously. I mean, he can't go out there. He can't go out there every week and think that his teammates have no faith that he could throw the ball mm-hmm. more than 15 yards without getting intercepted. So yeah. like the team's got to, it can't just be, you know, it can't just be lip service. Like the team really like what happens at practice in the locker room this week is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday, if, if we see a lot of dinking and dunking and still him staying right around the line of scrimmage or maybe within 10, 15 yards, I can't imagine them with all the options that are out there, I can't imagine the Jets not pursuing someone if only for a, if only for a good backup. Cause quite honestly, I don't, I, I can't even name the backup right now. Yeah. They uh, didn't have one. They didn't have one dressed on Monday night. Yeah, actually. Right? I have no idea who, now that Mike White's gone, I don't even know who that is either. Yeah. Good call. It, you're right too. Like, I think you're spot on. There's the next five weeks are not easy. They're all tough games. So you really don't, he doesn't have a three, four week leash because then things don't go well, you're buying the eight ball, dolphins look good, like it's bad. So yeah, that makes sense. We'll see what happens. I honestly, truthfully, as a Patriots fan, I genuinely would rather see the opposite of this happen for you guys. Like it's been a long time of losing. You guys deserve some some wins. Every, every fan deserves some wins. AB and I are willing as Patriots representatives to give some wins out and sprinkle them out to anybody that doesn't follow a team that's color, just say orange and blue first per se. Yeah, I was going to say, they can go these bullies in New England. I mean, I, whenever I, Gibby I, tries to bully us, we're like, we don't care. He's <laughs> talking about the bullies, yet somehow he's turned this podcast into a 
cathartic experience for like all teams that lose. Or the no. Drew Locke experience. If he doesn't get what he needs out of us from there, he just goes to Drew Locke and he's just. He well, I mean, it's going to look. Drew very Locke could be the now. answer at quarterback, Gibby. Have you, thought of, have you put any <laughs> he, of those places? He in? was beating Geno Smith in the competition until yeah. he got COVID last year. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we Thank you, Joey. We needed some perspective on what it's like right yep. now. And, and, you know, hopefully. Rogers heals it himself with his mind, and yeah. who knows? Yeah. He's got to go back into the cave. Yep. Go back <laughs> <to the> <laughs> hey, crazier <laughs> things have happened, right? We got aliens potentially in the mix now. Like, who knows? Who knows? It, <laughs> so, um, new segment on uh, on the Millie Boys episode here. Uh, we we've been getting a lot of requests from listeners. Uh, a lot of emails have been flowing in, so we wanted to read off one of the emails or, or just respond to one of the emails. And this one's from. John on the seacoast. Mm, um, he wanted nice. us to take a look at who actually won the million dollar contest last week. And, and we're not going to look at the actual human being or try and figure out their username, but what was his lineup and what did we get wrong? Um, and, and where were we spot on? So his lineup, he had Richard Richardson at quarterback. He had Bijan and, um, and Jones at uh, running back. He had Jefferson, Ayuk, and Tutu Atwell, wide receiver, likely at tight end, Hill, Tyreek Hill at flex, and then the Cardinals defense. So any any quick reactions, Alex or Maddie, that you know we we missed the boat on or that we knew we were right on? I'm just surprised the winner didn't have the two a Tyreek tandem. I'm surprised that Richards stuck in there. But it, yeah, it clearly came down to cost, obviously. So right. we talked about Richardson too, and we all agreed, yeah. like you know, and you know, shame on us. Like I want to see it first. Um, kind of as I was looking at lineups this week, I was like, man, they let him throw the ball like forty something times, and it wasn't garbage time. It wasn't catch right. up. Like they, that was the game plan. The game plan was to let him throw the ball. So it seems like Steichen wants to let him sort of figure it out on the fly, knowing full well that it's house money all year. Right. The rushing floor is all. Like, we're probably going to have to start playing him before he gets up to that eight, 9,000 zone. Um, it happens every year with, with some of these guys, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised too. AB was all over Tua and Tyreek. Um, yeah. And he missed a couple deep balls. There were some unrealized air yards there. He could have had a 500 yard day with another score. Like he missed a couple guys. So yeah, man, I will crazy. say, yeah, that was one that I was banging on the table for a little bit, but I think that there's talk about week one overreactions, like already putting yeah. him up to the number one MVP candidate for the season is insane. Yeah. I mean, he's never, no one's ever really doubted his ability. It's his fragility that we have to worry about. That's the yeah, whole he's he has potato brains at this point. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they look good. Um, the Cardinals, I don't, you know, I, I guess actually just... Gibby. Yeah. I mean, the Redskins offensive line is a problem. These are the things we're going to focus on, right? Like not Redskins, sorry, commanders. We have to focus on those lines that just aren't going to be able to protect guys with guys who take sacks. Like, you know, there's a bunch of those defenses. And, and out the there. younger quarterbacks being a little bit more prone to throwing picks or fumbles. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I think um, we were on yep. the right track. We just missed a couple of spots for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. You know, Ayuk was was someone that I think we we all kind of talked about and looked at, but we weren't sure what to make of, you know, both um the Steelers mm-hmm. defense and also who's pick your 49er. Which one is it gonna yeah. be each week? Right. Is it gonna be McCaffrey, is it gonna be Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk? Yeah. Um and there's some others that can get involved. So, and then Jefferson, I think we were spot on with, um, yep. you know, uh, it, he had a great game, uh, looked really good again last night, other than the fumble at the the goal line. So, 
Yep. Um, yeah. So let's let's go before, right into before it. Before we move um, on from that, just to that uh, that emailer John from the Seacoast. Um, yeah. As an insurance guy, I just want to make sure if he needs any uh, houseboat insurance or anything yeah. like that for this weekend with the storm yeah. coming up, have him reach out to me directly. Yeah, let's put that in quick. Let's just, you know, we yeah. can, can, we, can we expedite that for him potentially? Because I don't want anybody losing anything, especially, you know, he's got winnings coming from us, but let's just make sure we take care of him either his, way. His $14 from last week should cover yeah. the yeah, premium. Yeah. So Slap a policy on there. Our, our official standing so far, week one, you got an 80% return on your investment. You invested $5, you get nine. Um, when can you do that at 12.45 in the afternoon on a Sunday and walk out with 80% I mean, richer? You're not doing it in Vegas right now because nothing works out there because they've been hacked. So, you know, focus Confirmed on us. Confirmed that they are back up and running because we're oh. going out there on Tuesday. So Okay, okay. They did it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, so we're, let, hey, trust the process. We're on the move. So um, without further ado, uh, no sponsor this week. Um, so we're going to name this uh, the trying to reason with hurricane season um, in honor of uh, the late Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> Alex's pick of the week. Um, and he crushed it last week in pretty much every format. So we decided let's ride the hot hand. Alex, uh, hit us up with your your first two. All right. So first one, I'm sticking value pick. Um, and this one, I expect a little bit of pushback on. But this is the kind of guy that puts up, you know, uh, three 182 lines, right? Or zero. So I'm going to uh, Gabe Davis from the Bills. Mm-hmm. But throw him in at your flex spot. I mean, he's just got uncapped potential. It's just whether it comes through this week or not. It's going to happen at some point in the next three weeks. It's just when you grab him. Yeah, I mean he's gonna pop, and that line is exactly. We talked about this in the chat. Like, he's the, he's their deep guy, right? Like Diggs is the mm-hmm. volume guy. He's their deep guy. Kincaid ran a bunch of routes. His route participation was high. He saw a lot of targets. But I think we've all kind of gone back and forth this week, thinking that after what happened on Monday night, watching Allen properly take ownership for forcing the ball in and just generally not letting the team be in a situation to win, this smells like a get get right get it all back in one week type you know we're not dead yet and i think we all agree the raiders are terrible um i don't know if they if they won last week i don't remember seeing if they won or not but um probably shouldn't have yeah either way they come back they're at home it's one o'clock right it's their home opener they're angry they've got something to prove you know give you've been talking about the bounce back effect all week right and you know my response was it's early in the season but i think this is significant when it's your home opener yep and i don't see division um too i think that's a bounce back week and and to a lesser extent i think the giants show up um this week too uh, obviously like they're playing arizona so they're expected to win um but i think they might do a little bit more than we expect it might not be a 40 to nothing game but it could be like a 20 to 6 game or 20 and that's why Davis is a great pick because like ab said he he has a lot on his resume four for 110 and two scores and I think ownership looks like everybody's going to play digs yep. and the bills. Like it's, we're not going to be alone there. It's probably one of those weeks where Allen will be on that Millie maker lineup anyway. But um, I think some people will skip gave us. And I think if he pops, he's the type of ceiling play that we want. So makes sense. Alex, hit us up with your, your second. Yeah. You guys are going to get, let me get chalky here too and spend some money, which I'm just going to take with the hurricane mm-hmm. coming up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the well with Bajan Robinson this week, I mean, the guy just looks incredible out there. They're playing the, one of the worst run defenses for fantasy, right? And uh, 
he's splitting time. I know that Tony got in there a little bit last year or last week, uh, but I still have all the faith. He's their primary guy and going to get the majority of work here. Yeah, we said it week one. I mean, Art Smith, their head coach, has no problem running the ball 35, 40 times um, yep. and, and getting each of his running backs 17 to 20 touches. And, um, you know, Algier fell into the end zone twice. I wouldn't be shocked if one of those goes to Robinson this week. So, you know, I think it, it, even though he's 8,100, he's, he's a little bit more like it's going to be pretty quick um, that he gets up to like the 8,800 range um, just because he's such a huge part of their offense. Yeah, he's yep. going to start being, you know, Derrick Henry prices from last year, right? Yeah, they're not throwing the ball anywhere. Um, I think you're going to be, we're going to be able to play both those guys all year long. What's going to happen is Algier is going to start getting a little bit closer in price and you're going to have to make a decision. But yeah, I mean, he can beat you so many ways. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to get plenty of work. Um, they don't want to throw the ball. They have no interest. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think through like three quarters, I looked at Ritter's stats and he was like nine of 10. For yeah. 36 yards. Yeah. It's just like, no. <laughs> Which is like really... also like such malpractice. Like if you think you have a good team and you know that guy stinks, well, there was quarterbacks available all offseason. Like you can yeah. honestly put Brissett on that team. Yeah. Trade like, what do you guys like? Um, so, so NFL teams don't actually know what they're doing. I'm pretty sure of that now. Um, they don't. So, Maddie, we, we've hinted at Buffalo for a bit. Um, yeah. Do you want to take us through your quarterback and your thought process? Yeah, I think this one's doesn't have to be all that difficult, right? Like, we're going to go with Allen at quarterback. Um, traditionally speaking, he's really good a week after a clunker, especially at home, especially against a defense that really doesn't have a lot of playmakers to to force. Like, you know, they don't really get after the quarterback yeah. all that well. They Crosby like, can a bit. Crosby can, but he's one guy. They can You can put a tight end over there. They're running two tight end sets anyway, right? They've got yep. Kincaid out in routes, and they got Knox. Like, one of those guys – you just got to chip like that, right? You just, you just chip them and you're fine. And Damian Harris knows how to pick up blitzes in case that ends up being an issue. So I think, I mean, Allen's ceiling, his ceiling projection this week is, could be potentially one of the highest he's going to have um, all year long. It's, you know, his floor is like 10 points and his ceiling is like 33. That's the gap. And the, the value there in those projections is like a value of like 15 points either way. So you know, people are going to play Mahomes um, unless they're scared off. I think Richardson's going to get some love, but he's already getting pricey. Um, yep. I know, Gibby, you've talked about Lamar in that game I, with Cincinnati. I actually, I was more interested in Burrow, to be honest. Um, yep. It's 7,500, like the get right game um, yep. for yep. for the Bengals. I, I think like, yeah, we're not doing this. We decided we're not going to do this this year, but like there's a lot of quarterbacks you can play, I think, early in the season. Geno could have a good week. I think we've all targeted that Seattle-Detroit uh, game, but... Allen makes sense specifically in this case because we can pair him with Gavis and um and you your know, next guy. And their next guy digs, right? Like just play both of them. And there are many examples of weeks where the two of them just eat and it's no problem either way. So um you could also play Kincaid if you wanted to. We went a different route, but um we've got the stack. The stacks are how you win. You don't win without a stack, the million maker. You can yeah. win cash games, but not the million maker. So unless you've got, you know, um the perfect lineup and you've got a running quarterback that yep. like Lamar last week, if he actually, you know, <laughs> had to throw a ball or yep. run um, yep. and, and Richardson, but yep. yeah, I'll jump in here too. You mentioned Detroit. Um, you know, we've got two there. We've got uh, Jameer Gibbs and, and ASB. I want to jump in on Gibbs a little bit. Like there was some backlash on Friday about, Oh, I started my lineup and he only touched the ball eight times. Like if you look at these rookie running backs, 
Bijan's sort of an outlier and Saquon was a little bit when he came into the league. But if you look at like the Brees Halls and the Kamaras back in the day, and um, they're seeing like seven or eight, nine touches in their first week. And especially that first week is really everyone's feeling each other out for the first half. You know, it's the game doesn't really open up. And then it started to, you know, feel like it was going to open up when Gibbs started touching the ball. Um, a lot of work for Montgomery, and I don't think that's going to change drastically, but um, Detroit, and this is a point on St. Brown too, like they don't have other big play threats on their roster other than ASB, and Gibbs is going to be that in the receiving game until they get Jamison Williams back from suspension. So I think ASB is really safe. He's going to see – he hasn't seen less than nine targets in a game since – October of last year. Um, yeah. And I know that's, you know, half of last season and, and uh, you know, one game this year, but, but it's consistent yeah. and Gibbs at $5,800 just feels like, you know, you're stealing the opportunity to have a, a 25 point game potentially as a ceiling, but you're, you're going to get at least seven or eight points and maybe he falls into the end zone. And you get 14 or 15. You know, and watching that game, like Montgomery uh, clearly had the workload. He was sufficient. There was nothing really exciting about the play. And then you would see Gibbs with the ball, and he was so much more dynamic and just could move quicker. you just see that he's going to take over there. There's no question. He broke, like, five tackles and seven touches or something crazy. Like, these are the stats that, you know, you break those long runs. You have a night like Swift had last night, and it happens quick. And ownership right now projected at, like, 5%, 10% for him, which is not near the top. So I think because of the things that Gibby mentioned and AB, like you're saying, there's another guy there. It tends to scare, scare people away. Um, we need running backs who can catch the ball and pop an 80-yard score. Like that's how right. you win these things. So we're not looking like ASB kind of fits both, right? He'll get you volume, but he also gets in the end zone because they really don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. Right. Like he's their guy. So um, I like those picks a lot. I think that game, Seattle's going to play better than they did. I think that game's got some shootout potential for sure. And we're going to want a piece of it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, they yeah. gave up 38 points to to the Rams, um, yeah. Yeah. who have <laughs> Higby and and uh, okay. Nikua. Um, okay. yeah. and uh, yeah, and then tight end. Then I'll let you finish off after. So tight end, we'll be pretty quick here, but we did want to introduce our um, Chris Berman nickname of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, I'm excited, uh, Kalen. Um, Come on, come on over and sit on my knee, Granson. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you about the time that I played with Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Is that in parentheses, the last part? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. good. That might get Berman on its own. That, we need to make sure he hears this. Let's put yeah, it Yeah, I'm going to tag him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good. That's so good. I didn't know what you were going to come up with, but I liked it. I thought Granson was, was a rookie um, last week. Nope. And then I realized he's been in the league for three years. He's yep. number one on their depth chart at tight end. So they don't have a ton of weapons in Indy anyway. And I yep. think the beating that Richardson took last week, you know, he's being told like, look, instead of picking up the seven yard gain on second and 10, you know, up. dump it off, pick up five yards and Granson's going to be like his safety valve. So I think yep. he's going to see volume and they don't have anything else really in the offense other than Richardson at the goal line or, you know, down deep. And so, you know, I think Granson might fall into the end zone once or twice. So um, there's there's your tight end. He's an athletic freak too, right? He checks all the right boxes for AB. The measurables are right where they need to be. So could be one of our guys. Could be one of our guys moving forward. What are we like talking it. about for calf calf diameter? Oh, huge calves, <laughs> tall. I mean, 
hip tree fluidity, trunks, tree trunks, fluidity, uh, just, just like he do it all. We'll, we'll stop by the house, but no one's going to have them. Right. So, and like we talked about at the very beginning last week, defense and tight end, it just does not pay off. It's a throwaway. Throwaway. Like, not a throwaway, but you know, well, you just want to get, you want a guy that falls into the end zone once and you know, right. To that end, for defense, like we talked about a few minutes ago, you want defenses playing against um, shoddy offensive lines or young quarterbacks. So we'll take the Texans because they're the cheapest of the bunch um, that fit that bill. Richardson's going to throw the ball that much. He's going to force a few balls into traffic. We may get a pick six out of them. The Texans are spunky. Um, No surprise, right? D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach. So they got some guys that can make some plays, especially in the secondary, which is where I'm not. You know, we're, we're probably not going to get a lot of sacks because Richardson just doesn't take them. It's not his right, jam. But you might get a forced fumble because like, yeah. he's going to be running the ball quite a bit. Yeah, too. it all works, right? And they might put up a bunch of points. It could be a little sneaky shootout too, but those teams tend to, to to win anyway. So we're staying cheap there. And then I think the last piece is the last receiver we've got, um, Nico Collins, who he had 11 targets last week. They And again, they let Stroud throw the ball like 40 times as well. Yeah. Um, he had 107 unrealized air yards. So to me... Knowing that week one and two are we don't really have any trends to follow yet. Unrealized air yards to me and first reads means that those plays were drawn up specifically for that guy. So Robert Woods is an explosive. There's nobody else in that offense that can get down the field. Collins has that ability. We want guys with splash plays, um, super affordable, checks the right boxes for us there. So we're going to finish up with Nico and hope we can. Uh, Get some of those air yards realized. Maybe get them up over 100 yards and uh, and a score, and that'll help us out. So that rounds it out for us. Perfect. So we've got Josh Allen, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Nico Collins, Amon Ross St. Brown, Stefan Diggs, Kalen Granson, Kylan Granson, sorry, uh, uh-huh. Gabe Davis, and the Houston Texans um, to round out week two and um, to purchase a new houseboat um after we win a million dollars or another houseboat let's not assume it's gone i told dubs last night we don't Three know right houseboats. yeah coin flip right you might have might have a houseboat on top of a houseboat can you stack those things what's that do for his policy it's like quarterback wide receiver stack yeah yeah <laughs> joe i wanted to know that it wasn't intentional that we didn't pick any jets with our fantasy draft today um, i like Brees hall this week his price is nice but then <laughs> Salah come out again to this today and said he's on a pitch count still, which yes, I know right. he didn't he didn't look fully himself, but like man, does he even no. need to be? No, he just so. needs a couple of big ones. He's oh. Another eighty and that's 20, 20. We also didn't pick any any Cowboys, so yeah. Um, there you yeah. go, Joe. Yeah. Any uh, any parting thoughts um, before we take off your first podcast? You watched a million dollars just get made. <laughs> At least nine. That's amazing. No, thanks for, uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Good stuff. And uh, I need to check out that tight end. I'm on, I'm on Yahoo fantasy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the scenes. Well, it's the least we could do for Jets fans. Um, You know, everyone's uh, thinking about you guys and um, keep your head up. (laughs) Anyway, Maddie, Alex, well done. We did it again. Congrats for another hundred percent ROI. (laughs) See you boys. Thanks. Thank you.